Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Texting. I'm with Ben Stibrat with her weed <laughs> and her bird nails. Do you have bird nails? Birdish. Birdish nails. <laughs> and Chell's pinky with her long she's a runner, she's a track hair star. and her euphoria nails. Why you could be a runner, runner, a track track star? Star? Oh, I didn't say that because you have like a track jacket. <laughs> oh. No, not that other thing. That would have been so <laughs> fucked up. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, you know, like a running jacket, like a like a uh, running jacket type thing. Okay. Why three? What is a running jacket? I don't know. I always think of it having that it's, type it's of material. material. Like sh- yeah, the sh- 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 All right, I don't have time for this. Um, don't I'm gonna- ever call me a runner again? On red or reply? Gonna jump into oh, the on red or reply. Oh my days! I have nothing to leave on red. Life is good. And I'm replying to my Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. It was so amazing. Literally went to this karaoke spot in Mexico City with, like, all these old couples. And we just, like, sat there and, like, sang ballads all night with, like, the most beautiful couples. They were, like, dancing and singing to each other and dedicating songs to one another. And then, like, coming over to us and talking to us about love and like the hardships of love and the importance of love. And it was like so fucking beautiful. We all like were buying flowers for each other and like giving the old ladies flowers. And no. like it was so fucking cute. It. And then on the way home, we get in our Uber. And we were all pretty fucked up. So we were kind of being chatty with the Uber driver. And we're like, oh, like, where's your Valentine? And he's like, oh, he's working. And like, it's at least my experience hasn't been super common for me to like see. Well, yes, there's like a thriving gay, gay community there, but it was one of those things where I was like, oh, like taking it back. And he like, actually from there. Yeah. Well, no, like they're gay people from there. But like he was very like straight presenting, like giving mm. off big mask energy mm. and not to make assumptions on like what it looks like to be gay or anything like that. But I was kind of like, oh, no VO, like you got a man. And he shared with us like kind of their history of like, kind of battling that his now partner previously was super machismo, super homophobic. And our friends with us were like, yeah, like we've also experienced that. But just hearing how they kind of like chose love instead of like living in that kind of like suffering. And they've been together for 10 years. And he was just like saying the most poetic shit I've ever heard in my life. Basically, like you have to choose love and like love challenges you every day. But like you care so much that you like you fight for it and like it's a fucking uber driver at the end of the valentine's day evening like telling us all this and he's like usually i don't open up about this like a lot of people don't know my story like even their families like think they just live together and i was like wow this is so beautiful it was so inspiring and it was such a great evening okay that's so sweet i love it i was also going to reply to my valentine's day Oh, um, I know. Oh, I had the best time ever. It was just so beautiful. I was with one of my best friends and I decided to be each other's Valentine's. And it's kind of funny because 
recently we've been texting each other a lot and just being like, bitch, like, am I in love with you? Weirdly, <laughs> like as a friend, like we want to spend all this time together. We literally just like adore each other and make each other so happy when we're around each other. It's just like a beautiful friendship. Like we're obsessed with each other. Basically, I had taken a um a workshop with this group called Writers Group NYC or Writers Club mm. NYC the day before. And it was all about love letters. And they asked us to write. They, we, we did. We read a bunch of examples of poems um, that people had written to like their friends and like non-romantic love. And then we had like a moment to have a free write. And I found myself like writing a poem to him. So then I like wrote him, a, wrote, I wrote his poem on a card. I got him some roses and I went to his house because we had plans to go out to dinner after. And I walk in, this bitch got the incense burning and shit and some music playing. And he had this whole gift set out for me on this table, like flowers. He made me this like custom collage that he went and got printed on this like beautiful like paper, wrote me a letter, got me a bottle of wine, jewelry. Damn. He went ham. I need to know where that jewelry's from, by the way. <laughs> I, w- I know I was like, are That's you your nigga now, I know. He got me a, a cake from the from milk. Like he went okay. crazy. Yo, what? <laughs> he went wow. in uh, I was like, damn, I'm mad embarrassed by my gift. Like I didn't know he was like doing all of this. So then I like read the poem to him to like make it like a serenade. And then I took him out to dinner. We went to like, uh, we went to Dumbo house and this girl was doing like a live, a live jazz set. So we had like a candlelight dinner. And then we ended up going to um, Laquan Smith's like, girl, after Aria? party. Yeah. Sorry. I should just shout her out. Aria <laughs> was doing, um, Aria Nadej was doing a live set. It was amazing. She was fire. Like, fire singing all the classic songs and she had a live band that dude actually that you know chelsea that's like the drummer oh he was there he was in the band it was fire i can't remember his name but he's like really talented yeah uh, and then we went to a laquan smith fashion week after party that was real interesting saucy santana was the host so you already know what it was giving Material girl. exactly i love him yes he it was really funny it was just like just a a, a dream of a of a night and i'm about so to hang cute. out with him again we're just like loving each other very much right now what would i leave on reds um nothing really you know again i always say things about my workplace but i have some some potential changes coming up listeners so hopefully by the next time we speak there will be positive energy transitions that's amazing i am leaving car buying on red <laughs> most difficult thing especially right now like these motherfuckers want to charge you twenty thousand dollars over a sticker which is some bullshit Tw- what? so it's just yeah yes wait no i don't know what that means over sticker the price of the car oh because um, they're more yeah it's not a buyer's market right now it's not so it's just very difficult um, i may just save fuck it and be an uber gal and be like uber platinum status or some shit um, are you trying to buy a, a brand new car yes why don't you just get a used car it doesn't even make sense now used cars are overpriced too so you're paying a new car price for a used automobile Anyway, so it's just all bad hmm. in terms of car buying. You could get you a cute little Honda, little, little Honda Civic. Yes, I could. And anyways, I'm replying to 
I guess we had a really good day yesterday. We went to Malibu. We looked at apartments. Apartment hunting is so fun because what you get from New York, you get way more out here. Wait, were you looking in Malibu? No, no, no. Okay, okay. No, we, um, the last place we looked at was Santa Monica. So we just like kept going West mm-hmm. um, and ended up in Malibu. We had some like great food. It's just like, oh, I love it. Just, like, yeah, it was just great. And also since you guys both shout out your Valentine's Day, I'm going to shout out mine too. Cute. We had a very fun dinner. We wrote each other our cards, which we always do. And we watched the Clippers and we went to the crypto. I, I forgot who was playing, but. That was more. Oh my yeah. god! Not it being called a crypto center. Isn't yeah, the what... crypt. It's like the crypto arena. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I this year again like cemented for me. I'm such a fan of Valentine's Day. Like I just think <laughs> it's an amazing holiday. I love it. But you know what I like more than Valentine's Day? I like like the random mm-hmm. random days romance. when it's like yeah the random romance. I actually prefer that over mm. it being done on Valentine's Day. But I do like just like the collective, everybody's like focusing love, on love. love, love. Like you could feel it. There's, it's just yeah. like everywhere. It's like so sweet. But you also feel the sourness. I feel like those people got to get that. People. Don't be doing that. It, it, right. Do a friend thing. Valentine's Day however you want. Like That's I didn't true. see as much sourness this year. I saw like Ooh, funny, funny stuff. But like just like people like being mm-hmm. shady, but not like. I saw some sourness. I know some people got into fights over this holiday mm. so it can, it can come prayers, with a lot of pressure thoughts and prayers yes damn prayers wait i just had a whole realization that me and my ex first got into it when we were first started dating over oh, some yeah. he get, you know, gift. that he didn't he didn't give me nothing and then at the our very last fight was because he didn't like the gift that i got him for valentine's day are you dead ass that is so full <laughs> circle and i just realized it Wow, you got to write a piece on anywhere. it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep, that's a, piece. that's a piece. And then my Valentine ended up being my gay best friend the whole exactly. time. Whole time. I'm dead. Perfect Valentine. We have a hotline link. Girl. I can only mean one thing. Small anecdote. I think I talked on the last episode about how, like, the Haitian dude I was talking to, I like, I he messaged me, like, one time and I didn't write back. It's been about two weeks. I realized that I probably don't want to speak to him, but... You know, Tinks, who's been on our show, she says that uh, ghosting is little dick energy. And I have been talking to this man pretty frequently. And I was like, you know what? It's not cute for me to just like not reply. So I just wrote to him and was like, hey, so sorry. I've been like really swamped at work. My bad. I didn't mean to like disappear. And he's like, hmm, sorry. Who is this? And I was like, "Uh, uh, uh, oh, and I was like, it's Glenn from Hinge. And like, I've seen him out and about or whatever. He doesn't reply at all wasn't he fucking with you i'm assuming because you haven't answered so he's like uh-huh, who is this not not knowing who you are oh i don't think so i don't think that was what it was because maybe maybe i don't know but he never replied Do you not have a text thread i have a text thread so i think he that he deleted it. the text thread like a fucking fiend oh i'm taking said- it more as what i'm saying How did he respond? Who is this exactly? My apologies. I said, LOL, in all caps, Glenn from Hinge. And then he never replied. And then I was like, whatever. And then I was with one of my friends over the weekend and I was telling him like, look at this shit that this man did. He just acted mad, salty, whatever. And I'm like, I'll show you his Instagram. And I pull it up and then I'm like, 
you know what? Let me just unfollow him now if he want to act all crazy. And I unfollow him and I see that he already unfollowed me <laughs> previously. When And I know this man was- Does that make you want it more? Like, no, no, no. But so he was okay, like, oh, I'm like, pictures. you didn't even want him. posting my pictures in his stories, like weirdly. Old pictures, was he was putting them in his stories, like things where I like, like slideshow stuff or like random stuff. I don't know. It didn't make any sense. Audio clips and stuff. So I know this man was following me. Um, I just find it just funny. I just find it all funny. Like, did he just be like, oh, she's not answering me. I'm going to take this. I'm going to unfollow her. Maybe he's, that's how you protect your energy. Yeah. Yeah. I probably unfollow you if you ain't messaged me back for two weeks or whatever the how long the fuck you don't message people back. I'd be like, oh, she's not interested. I don't need her in my orbit. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Good for him. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. Our black girl doing shit this week is Miss Desiree Rogers. Desiree has over 25 years of experience building brands in a variety of industries. Her leadership focuses on identifying opportunities, building teams, driving results. She's currently the CEO and co-owner of Black Opal. And she and her business par- partner, Cheryl Mayberry McKissick, recently launched the iconic prestige beauty brand fashion fair cosmetics in sephora so it's a relaunch this is an iconic brand and in this episode we're going to talk a lot about it um from 2010 to 2016 she was the ceo of johnson publishing company and she and her team transformed the ebony and jet brands through editorial and digital redesigns and she was formerly the first social secretary for president obama where she spearheaded the execution of the people's house Um, into reality and she built national partnerships with corporations the entertainment industry fashion designers and the arts to give a fresh view of how the white house represented american culture which is very interesting um let's get into this episode y'all and now a word from our sponsors hey group chat it's shade here and i'm excited to share more about walmart and black and unlimited Black and Unlimited is a celebration of being whatever we want to be. Black and Unlimited is being black in rock and roll and country singer, black in outdoor adventure and vegan, black in cosplay fan and comic book lover and cowboy too. And for who we are and anything else we want to explore, there's Walmart. We can pick up a yoga mat to be black and zen, the ingredients we need to be black and vegan, or a skateboard to be black and rad and fearless. I personally love hosting and having my loved ones over for dinner and a fun game night. And I know I can go to Walmart for all my dinnerware needs and board games and cards for us to have an incredible night. I also have recently gotten back into the swing of things with my fitness. And I know I can go to Walmart for all of my fitness gear, whether it's a yoga mat or weights or whatever I need to get back in shape and just have that alone time to relax and connect with myself. So I encourage you all to celebrate all you are. Celebrate being black and unlimited. Feel free and inspired to explore anything and everything that could bring you joy. Hulu has the shows and movies you love and is committed to providing a platform for black stories to continue to be seen with the Hulu Black Stories Hub. Watch Women of the Movement and catch up on Snowfall, Atlanta, Queens, Grand Crew, Blackish, and Abbott Elementary. Binge RuPaul's Drag Race, Power, Queen Sugar, Tyler Perry's Have and Have Nots, plus Hulu originals like Wu-Tang and American Saga, Woke, and more. 
With all those, plus classics like Living Single and docuseries like Your Attention, Please and Black Love and Hulu original movies like The United States vs. Billie Holiday and Onyx Collective's award-winning documentary Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, you can find stories and storytellers that highlight and celebrate Black history, past and present, on Hulu's Black Stories Hub, 365 days a year. Hulu subscription required. Terms apply. And now we are back with more Black Girls Texting. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. So we are so excited to have Miss Desiree Rogers here in the group chat with us. Welcome, welcome. So happy to be here. Can't wait to chat. Absolutely. So we're so excited to talk about this legacy brand. I mean, the girls and I often in our group chat talk about how we grew up seeing our moms and our aunties using fashion fair. It's like so iconic. And in preparing for this um, episode, I was doing some reading and I saw that the genesis of the brand really started with the Ebony Fashion Fair, which was a traveling runway show hosted by Ebony Magazine. Can you share more with us about what the fashion fair was and how it sort of laid the foundation for fashion fair, the brand? So Fashion Fair was probably the Fashion Fair show was one of the, you know, first kind of fashion shows with music and beautiful models that strolled down the runway. And so Mrs. Johnson felt very strongly that glamour and fashion and blackness all needed to be seen across the country. And so she would go to Europe and buy the clothing because they wouldn't loan it to her. She actually bought the clothing from Yves Saint Laurent, from Pierre Cardin, from all of these great designers, Stephen Burroughs, who was a fabulous um, Black designer. She would buy them, and then she would do this traveling show, and she would go to 50 cities around America. What she noticed, because all of her models were diverse, they were mixing their makeup. And I actually talked to one of them, and I said, what were you guys mixing? And she said, literally mixing eyebrow pencil with foundation to try to get it darker. You know, I just saw Beverly uh, Johnson at the Sergio Hudson show, and she was one of the first faces of Fashion Fair. And she walked that show um, just on Sunday. And But can you imagine that you're mixing up, not mixing to get your perfect shade, literally mixing something up that's a beige to get it to, you know, dark brown. Because and crushing it didn't up your, exist. No, it didn't exist and crushing up your brow pencil. So she noticed that and she said, wow, she went to all of the big companies and said, there's really a need for darker complexions of foundations. None of them, you know, took none of them said, yeah, that's a great idea. So she did it herself. Typical Mrs. Johnson. (laughs) Um, And so shade range was like a big part of the brand from the very beginning, correct? Well, not just shade range, Mm -hmm. the importance of really thinking at its core about black skin. And so we today, everyone is talking about shade range, which is great. I'm happy for that. But it's more than just just that. If you have a darker complexion, which all of us sitting around the table do, you know, we have some particular problems. We have, you know, dark spots at some time. If we pick at something, we want to fade. We can, so we have hyperpigmentation. We may have oiliness. We may have a reaction to fragrance. We have sensitive skin, many of us. And so she came from a place of, I'm going to make certain that I'm creating cosmetics that are geared and that are specially formulated for darker skin tones. So not just, you know, all the treatments, 
as well as all the colors. And most importantly, which is one of the key things, is all of the undertones. And as you know, a brown is not a brown. I'm so like drawn to that era in time. My mom was previously the editor-in-chief at Essence when I was a kid. And I just was always like just drawn to like all the glamour and luxury of that time. And fashion was at its height for for Black folks, especially like the height Mm -hmm. of Black publications. Do you have any idea just like maybe what was happening in society for Black people at the time that sort of set the stage for the arrival of fashion fair that really like made it so people embraced it? Was it like the rise of a middle class? I was a kid. I was, I'm not that old, (laughs) but I was a kid, but I can just tell you that um, because there was, you know, such a, um, well, how do I, I put it? such a, a a stigma in regards to expressing your naturalness and the seventies really allowed people to say, I'm not straightening my hair anymore. I am going to wear an Afro. I am going to wear bell bottoms and stripes and flowers and prints. If you look at the, the new um, documentary that, um, uh, is done on soul music and done on, you know, the, this uh, concert that was had in, in, at the same time that they did uh, Woodstock. You can see that people switched over. You had the kind of that Temptations look and the Supremes where everyone was dressed in a ball gown and dressed in a suit. And then Sly and the Family Stone kind of threw that out the window and said, no, we're going to be hippies. We're not wearing a suit. We're going to throw on leather vests, we're going to throw on leather coats, we're going to throw feathers on top of it, and we're just going to mix it up. And so I think that it took a while. It was like an evolution from what I would call proper, proper white society. And Mm -hmm. then we kind of made it like proper black society with our tuxedos and our ruffles and our bow ties and our, you know, Diana Ross attire. And then into the Sly and the Family Stone and then just crazy. (laughs) And so, and I think that, as you know, still today, many people follow what Black Americans create, you know? And so we are very creative people. We are very expressive people and people copy us all the time, you know? So it's kind of a shame that we did not have, you know, our products for us, for our skin tones and skin types so early on. Yeah, and it took her to do it, you know, in the 70s. I mean, and many, many actors talk about their struggle on camera to not have the makeup they needed to look like themselves on film. Yeah, and it's interesting that we're talking about something of the past, but many actors and models talk about this now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, makeup not having the proper tone, hairstylists not knowing how to handle Black hair, Um I think we've all struggled with that, right? You're doing something for work or production or something. And you're like, well, who's doing my makeup? Who's doing my hair? Have they done black hair? Have they done darker skin tones? And you have that fear that somehow you're not going to look the way you want to look and that your skin is not going to be well represented. And, you know, I think that it is, it still is, it still is out there. I mean, there are many times that people don't have all the shades. And or they think like, I've got a couple of brown shades, that's going to work. Well, just like you have all those shades for lighter complexions, we need our full range of shades. And so, 
we are here to supply those. <laughs> Absolutely. We, are, we, we have, we are here to supply those and make certain that that is, is uh, taken care of. In fact, we're reaching out to film and to many of the makeup artists that we know and their friends to introduce them to the new brand and to make certain that they can experiment and have this in their kits. Absolutely. I think what we're also kind of getting at is this idea that beauty is a lot deeper than skin deep, right? It's about how you present yourself to the world, but it also impacts how you feel inside. And I was reading this article that Robin Devon wrote for the Washington Post a few years back, and she wrote that fashion fair wasn't just promoting beauty and glamour, but also self-esteem and confidence. And she went on to say that beauty products are not essentials, but in those little bottles and jars are fragments of a social contract, elixirs of reassurance, drops of pure pleasure. I wonder what your response is to this and just thinking about the importance of beauty for Black women. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, and I was I was a person that said, oh, this is not going to be a business I'm in. It's frivolous, et cetera, et cetera, until I got to Johnson Publishing and really spent a lot of time at the time behind the counter for Fashion Fair across the country. And I would have conversations with women everywhere because I'd see them come up to the counter. I'm working, but I'm saying, how are you? What's going on? And they would talk to me. And they would talk about the importance of matching their shade. Sometimes I would convince them, I don't know if that's quite your shade. Should we try something else? And we do a half and half because sometimes I felt that women were hiding their complexions, you know, not really wanting to see their natural glow, you know, a freckle here. That's a beautiful thing, you know, or maybe had a lipstick that wasn't quite as modern as it should be. You know, we get in these ruts and we think like we can only look a certain way. And so sometimes it's about taking chances with color. It's about like today I feel like this. So why shouldn't I wear blue or why shouldn't I wear purple? Or maybe, you know, I think lipstick is a little bit different. We kind of have our categories, but you know, there's so many things you can do with makeup that really make you feel good about yourself. And for me, when I look in the mirror, I take a second or third look and I say, girl, you look good today. A girl, you better try to work that out a little better than that. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to like me every day before I, you know, go out, even if I'm, you know, it's a, it's a upper. Think about it. Who doesn't want to look good to themselves? You know, it's kind of like a, it gives you an extra pep. It gives you you know, the confidence you need to do whatever it is you're dealing with. Because I, you know, particularly today, so many of us are boxed in. We're not going the places that we've usually gone. We're not seeing the people that we usually see. We don't get that, you know, you're calling it an elixir. We don't get that elixir of personal contact. And so we have to kind of make our own fun in a way. And so I think now more than ever, skincare makeup becomes kind of a self-love in an achievement in a kind of an easy way for you to kind of give yourself a pat on the back. Cause you made it through another day of COVID. <laughs> I mean, it's tough out here right now. Absolutely. You know, not just COVID, but everything that's happened with, you know, America, race relations, crime, you name it, you know, all the big cities and what's happening. It's real. It's hard. There's not one day that we don't wake up that there's going to be some surprise that you go, wow, that happened. It weighs heavy, totally. Yeah. You have these little and things so that make you feel good and beautiful. We need something. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Um, in that same article, Robin Gavan also said that um, when Fashion Fair first came out, it served as a dynamic case study in the potential of Black entrepreneurs and Black consumers. Um, and I know that um, you mentioned offline that the founders of the brand, the Johnsons, I'm, I'm a uh, alum of the illustrious John H. Johnson School of Communications. Um, wow. So I know all the all that they've done from Ebony to Jet, I don't know if you just want to share a little bit about just the impact of fashion fair and their like, sure. I mean, I think sometimes we don't realize, I mean, especially if we weren't there during the time and I certainly, you know, wasn't there the whole time, but I did meet them and knew them. And so just the, the, you know, the, the contribution that the Johnsons made at a time that where it was so needed and just so difficult I mean, can you imagine I'm going to create a magazine that has black people on the cover today? We think like big deal. Black people are on every cover. Well, they weren't. (laughs) That's the point and couldn't get on. And you say, well, I I just don't understand that. I mean, I think today racism is so much subtle, more subtle, but it's still there. and We know it. And we, you know, we are trying our best to like kind of, you know, do what we can to push our agenda forward. But at that time, I mean, he would say, he would say, you know, there was nothing like it. And so you've got all these movie stars. You have all these people that are doing all these wonderful things. He said, I want to highlight those people. And he also said, you know, there are bad things going on like Emmett Till. I'm going to highlight that as well. And I'm going to make certain that, you know, there was no Internet. So I'm going to make certain that people in all the cities get the information. They're able to read it for themselves and judge and decide how they want to participate, how they want to react, what they want to think about. And so it was very informative. It was also very liberating, as you could imagine, very um, prideful. You know, sometimes we forget how important pride is, you know, how important it is to really have pride and what we're all accomplishing. Because I think the world is moving so fast. Data is moving so fast that we're not taking that moment, that opportunity, as we're scrolling through things and reading them quick, that opportunity to say, wow, what did I just read? Or what did I just write? Or what did I personally just accomplish? You know, how good was I in that interview? Versus just running to the next thing. Oh, I got to do this. I got, you know. And so I think that it's important that we slow down a little bit. And COVID has created that atmosphere. Slow down a little bit. And really think about the work that we're in and the work that we're doing and the voices that we are providing. And he paved the way, not just in media, but also in many of the the scholarships and the contributions that they participated in over fifty five million dollars, you know, in this country. Uh, And um, just the examples that they set that a black man and woman could do what they did. And so I think all of us, you know, I happen to be at the helm today, but all of us owe them the legacy of making certain that these iconic brands stay alive and continue to represent and evolve as the world evolves. In fact, we just launched the Fashion Fair Spellman Scholarship. And so we're going to make certain that we continue in that realm to educate um, young women, um, you know, and associate them with fashion fair. So that's one small thing, but we have to keep it going. I mean, we have to continue to generate wealth in our community Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, be able to have that wealth and, 
you know, use it in our community to move ahead because we got a lot of work to do. We all know it. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, we want everyone to support these brands, these black owned brands, but I will say as a black person, I feel like an extra sense of pride when I'm wearing like fashion fair or holding a Telfar bag or wearing a Christopher Rogers dress. And I get a compliment and I'm like, yeah, this was created by someone that looks like me and had me in mind. So I just wanted to point that out to um, the power of like buying black as totally. a black person, especially. Yeah. And, and, and introducing it to others. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, we have lipsticks. Everyone can wear our lipsticks. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's that sometimes they are, you know, they, they are lipsticks that can go on every color lip, you know, but it'd be great, you know, if all of America embraced it. Right. Absolutely. You know, totally. why not? I mean, we're buying white all the time. <laughs> exactly. I was just How thinking that. How many times that. are we buying white? I can't even count. Right. Like a lot of these brands, these black owned brands are made out of necessity, right? Like the whole story you just told us about fashion fair. And then right. once they're started to, once I think makeup brands started to realize like, oh, if we don't actually carry shades that like people with darker complexions can wear, then we're like missing an entire market. Then we started shopping mm-hmm with them um and i feel like right. there's now this sort of return to shopping I black think you're because right. it exists but also because it makes us proud right and we can't lose that i think this generation is really bringing back that pride of the 70s it's a it's different but the same you know i was a little kid but i, I you know i was like oh this is something's happening here you know everyone's yeah. changing their hair everyone you know everyone's wearing fringe wow what's going on <laughs> you know my mother looks you know what's happening you know she doesn't look the same anymore <laughs> you no, know and totally. so i think you know she's got bands around her head like an indian and wow you know she's <laughs> like wow what's happening mom but i think that this this uh, generation is really pushing us forward and is very brave and audacious in their approach. And, you know, I think that, you know, we've got, you know, this period of time where I'm hopeful that it, we won't have all these first. We won't be, this person was the first to do that, the first to do that. And we won't really, I mean, I'm following the money. We won't have this wealth gap. I mean, it, it, no matter what we think or say, it really is about the money at a certain level. If, they, if you have the money, there's so many things that you can do. You can, you know, make certain that every kid in that neighborhood has access to the education they need. You can make certain that they have internet and they have computers. You know, you can do all of this. You can take over your old neighborhood and make certain that everybody has what they need to learn. You know, but you have to have money to do that. And so much of our, our money traditionally has been in, you know, homes and housing and real estate is kind of the, a way that people have accumulated wealth. And we know that, you know, some of those, that real estate value has diminished. And then so many of us are taking care of extended families. And so even if we're, we're making a good living, we're still taking care of that immediate family. And we don't have all this wealth to be able to give away and to help our community from a monetary standpoint that our counterparts have in white America. And so we've got to get to a point where, you know, we got a billion dollars. We got a hundred million dollars, you know, not 1 million. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, 
I mean, I'm sure these are lots of things you think about being at the helm of this brand. And also, I kind of want to get into your own story because you've had a really interesting trajectory. Um, prior to this, you were, um, you've previously been the White House Social Secretary for President Barack Obama's office. And so then how did you make your way into beauty? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is a circuitous route. So that's for sure. I think when I came out of the Obama administration, the one thing that was changed is I thought I am going to work for my community, in my community, something that deals with my community, that that was going to be important to me. And for the rest of my work life, I wanted to be in that space. I didn't know what space it was going to be, but I just felt like I've done my training. I've done my education. I've worked at these very large firms. How can I take that knowledge and create, be involved with, participate in something that gives back to my community in some way. And so that's when I went to work for Johnson Publishing. And of course, they owned Ebony and Jet and also Fashion Fair. And so I just saw the impact. We've talked about it here a little bit earlier, the whole impact of cosmetics, not having to worry about getting your foundation or your powder, you know, being able to look the way you want to look you know, it just, it just changed me. And I thought, wow, if I can incorporate a business along with empowering women and being in a space where I could really talk to more women and and be vulnerable and say, look, this is how I did it. Maybe I could impact, you know, that next generation or even people that, you know, are my age or young girl, whatever, and say, Ladies, we can all do this. We can do this. We can make this happen that I wanted to really figure out and be a part of that. So when I came out of Johnson, I knew that I wanted to be in the ethnic beauty space. I just didn't know how. So I was like, I'm somehow I'm going to figure this out. I'm a little scrappy that way. <laughs> like I'm a, I don't know exactly what, but I, I'm going to figure something out. My daughter would say, I cannot believe you are unemployed. What are you going to do with yourself? <laughs> you like to stay busy. <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do, mom? I said, because I always said, you got to be employed now. So she was back at me. Do you know what your sun sign is, Desiree? We always ask our guests this. My, you <laughs> your mean zodiac like, sign? Of course. Gemini. Oh. oh, okay. <laughs> what were you thinking? She was on your team, Chelsea? Yeah. I yeah. Maybe Capricorn. No, Gemini. I know lots of Capricorns. Lots. Old boyfriends. Lots of Capricorns. Uh, But I am a Gemini, a June baby. Yeah, I love that. uh, Two people in one. You get two for for one. Yeah. Keep us on our toes. So Glenn mentioned at the top of our conversation that we were talking about Black history, but also like the future of the Black community. Um, but I will say when I hear fashion fair, um, I think about like my mom and when do you think things change for fashion fair? Like, like when did it slow down and why slash how are we bringing it back? So I am hopeful that you'll not only think, um, of your mom, but you'll think about yourself and your purchasing power and the ability that you have to embrace, a brand that was so supportive of of us when no one else was. And so how do we, you know, how do we think about the future? Certainly we want to build on what the past is and what the history is and make certain that we all understand that lesson of that 
of that history uh, and understand like this is one of the first and one not only just a first, but high quality prestige department stores. You couldn't go into department stores. And I know everyone's department. So that's where you went to shop. People Mm -hmm. dressed to shop at a certain point in time. And during my mother's time, they dressed to go into the department store and to see someone that looked like you behind the counter. I think you still want that today. Mm -hmm. In many respects, when you go into a Sephora, you'd like to see someone that, you know, they're going to be able to color match you. And they understand what you're there. You're saying that I'm a little darker on on my forehead and maybe a little lighter around, you know, my mouth or a little darker around that you, they understand that they're not going, what, what, what do you mean? You know, you are, are we talking dark circles? Well, I might have, but I'm not talking about dark. I'm talking about, you know, I just have different colorations on my face and how do we, we think about that. And so as we think about the future, we think let's build on that history. You know, how do we think about fashion fair today, the way Mrs. Johnson thought about it in the seventies? All right. That's what I'm thinking every day. All right. If she were here today, what would we be doing? We'd certainly be doing our fashion shows, which we did Sergio Hudson on 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 Sunday. We would certainly want to be in a prestigious uh, environment to buy the product. Right. We would certainly want the product to be glamorous and beautiful. And when we took it out of our bags, we weren't like we were like, did you did you did you see me take yes. this lipstick out of Why my bag? Put this lipstick on. Almost like a piece of jewelry. Yes. You know, so we want all that glamour and we want it to show up. If I put the lipstick on and I have a darker lip, I want my red to be my red. I don't want to be like, oh, it looks kind of red, you know. And so as we think about that, what does that mean? That means we have a dermatologist, black dermatologist working with us on all the products. We have a black product development team working with us on the products. We have Sam Fine, who is a brilliant makeup artist, working with us on the products and showing us how to use those products on black skin, how to highlight black skin. You know, and so the team is all dedicated to really being the best in class in terms of makeup and how it's used on darker complexions. And so the whole line is vegan and very clean. Many times people don't claim that. It's hard to do, particularly in some of the darker formulations. And I won't tell you, we didn't have trouble, but I'm standing at the plant saying, I'm sorry, black brunette has to be vegan and clean, just like the others. Right. We have never made anything, Desiree, this dark with this kind of, you know, clean formulation. Well, we're going to do it now, aren't we? Keep going. Oh, interesting. I didn't Keep know going. that. A darker Because no one wants you to know that. <laughs> wow. That's kind you of know, scary. Check, check your yeah, ingredients. Possible. Check your wow. ingredients. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I feel so like many just... times it's many times companies start from a white base and then darken it. And there are items and ingredients that are put into the formulation base that don't hold up well on darker skin tones. And that's why you see this ashy gray effect on people, almost greenish. You'll Mm -hmm. see an orangey effect on a lighter skin black person, look at almost orange color, a little like, you're like, "Mm, what's that? What's going on there? (laughs) And so 
I just know this is a fact because I know as I work with the manufacturers, I had to wait for ingredients, even though they manufacture many of the lines that we all know that have diversity of color, and we are the only ones ordering those ingredients. Wow, that's, that's super fact. important because I know right now everyone's so interested in like their health and clean beauty. Um, so yeah, definitely wanted to highlight that, that fashion fair is uh, seeing that as very important. Totally. Yes. And I think it's really interesting that the brand is like reintroducing itself in this time when there's a lot of um, like black owned beauty brands um, mm-hmm. and brands with like a lot of shade range, as we mentioned before, like we're all big fans of Ami Cole. Juvia's Place has great um, foundations. And I know when Fenty Beauty first rolled out like that huge shade range, it was really exciting for people. So what are your thoughts on re-entering this space with all these new brands alive? Um, do you look at it as something really exciting to be in conversation with them, be amongst you know, them? I, I think that it is exciting, you know, and I look forward to you know, meeting as many of those founders and contributors as possible, because I think there's so many things that we can do to, together. There's plenty of room for all of us. This is not a competition. This is not a battle between us. I mean, oftentimes, you know, in our community, you know, we start getting at each other. And that, that is that is the kiss of death. I mean, that's how they take us down, right? Let's have them fight. Let's mm-hmm. have the gladiators in the ring and have them fight, you know, None of that, you know, let's be supportive. I mean, and we know women have multiple brands in their purse. You know, I have multiple brands in my purse. I just want to be one of those brands in your purse. Exactly. (laughs) You know, that's all. I just want to be one of the brands in your purse. And so I think there's plenty of room for all of us. I think, you know, everybody is different. Um, And, um, you know, I am very, very happy to see so many of us have an opportunity to do well. I think the more we hold hands and work together, the better off we can be because, you know, there are big retailers out there and there are big, you know, companies out there that we're working with. And so an opportunity to really share together and lessons learned and have conversation is a really good thing as opposed to a competitive thing. There might be some opportunities for, like I said, for us to do some some things together, learn from one another Mm -hmm. and be able to, you know, push this whole industry in terms of black uh, founders and, um, you know, owners pushing that, pushing that envelope. Totally. You know, so let's talk about some of the products, which ones are your favorite. And since this is an audio platform, I'd love if you would describe it so that we can like, since we can't see and feel it. So are the products rich and creamy, you know, what should we look out for anything new coming all of that? Sure. I think there's a couple of products that I really, really, really love. I love the primer. I think it is a protection of the skin. It is more than creamy. It's peach tone. So you don't have to wipe this like whiteness into your skin. So it has this loving kind of peach uh, feel to it. Um, Not thick. I wouldn't call it creamy. It just kind of like melts. It's like a splash of water on your skin. Mm. you know, but that stays, you know, just like it kind of like that, a mist almost on the skin um, that allows, if you're going to put on makeup, great. If you're not going to put on makeup, that's okay too. You have this great emollient on your skin. And so I really love the texture and how it feels on the skin. And the fact that I don't have to work so hard 
to push it into my skin that it's this beautiful, beautiful peach tone. So that is one, definitely one of my favorites that everyone can use. And that's a wonderful uh, product that Dr. Robinson created with us. And then I have to say, you know, I like the sticks. I like the sticks because I don't often apply apply, um, cosmetics over my face. So I may just cover a couple of areas, you know, under eye, you know, maybe a little bit around the mouth and that, and that smooth that in, tap that in and that's ready to go with a light powder over it and I'm done. So I'm not necessarily applying foundation all over my skin. And I love the fact that it's a simple little stick that I can throw in a bag. So, you know, I can do easy touch-ups. You know, you go in the bathroom and you're like, wow, what happened? I know it's late, but I don't want to look like that. <laughs> I don't know who I'm going home with tonight. Let me try to mix it up a bit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you know what I mean. Not crazy. You don't look like you've been like done, done, done. Just a little done. I like that you can look just a little done and a little polished um, with the stick. And so, and then you you always have to have a great lipstick. I mean, you have to have, if you have nothing else, you have to have a great lipstick. So I would say if you're not, you have to have that primer and the lipstick. The lipsticks are so creamy, so moist. You never have that dry feeling. You never have that sticky feeling. You know, that tap, tap where your lips kind of stick together and it's Mm -hmm. full color. So whatever, whatever color you choose, whether it be, our colors from the 70s, which we brought back, colors like Cat Fight and Chocolate Raspberry and Pure Plum, uh, Ole Orange, which is really brave color and it's orange. It's so beautiful. Or our nudes, colors like Nuditude, our Koi, our Ganache, you know, that it, it, it really gives you a full range of beautiful color to put on the lip and it just wears really well. It just, I, I mean, if you, you know, it just, it's, it's a perfect lipstick. I mean, I'm not saying that because it's ours. Mm-hmm. I don't like to wear a lot of lipstick, but I'm addicted. And my favorites are nuditude and lace. Nuditude is a, is a, is a nude and lace is a little bit more pink, but I love those colors. I just, I mean, I've got many, many tubes of those. In every purse. Yes. Every purse. You want another purse. And surprise. I don't want a bad surprise in my purse. (laughs) You know, you look in your old bags, you grab it, you're like, oh, here's my nudity. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got old tickets in there or whatever, wherever you were or whatever. But um, the lipsticks, really, I encourage you to take a look at them. And I love the, the 70s shades are selling really well. That's so exciting and, just to be you know, able to have a piece of that. mom probably knows chocolate. They probably know chocolate raspberry. You say to any woman of a certain age, black, chocolate raspberry. Oh, my God. So <laughs> our customers, you know, that have loved the, the brand for so many years, they're all online saying, please bring back, you know, whatever their favorite Moroccan spice. Are you guys going to do this color and that? Because there was like 80 lipstick colors. Wow. And we only did, we've only done uh, 14. Wow. There was a lot coming down the pipeline. Oh, yes. Well, the next thing is lip gloss. 
Yay. We love a good gloss. Gloss. Ooh. Yay. Lip gloss is next. I know people can't see, but lip gloss is next. So really creamy, really fabulous. We've been working on it for a long time. Again, the same thing. We don't want to disappoint. We've got this history on our shoulders. We can't disappoint. We can't come out with something that's just like, eh, (laughs) eh. I thought my mom said this was great. I thought my aunt said this was amazing. What are they talking about? Have they not seen the other brands I'm using? No, we want you to say they were right. I was wrong. How could I not listen to my aunties and my mother and my grandmother? Of course, they knew what they were talking about. They're the ones who always know that I was smarter. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's old is new. It's not always new. It's not always better. And improving on something that was so great, I think is the best. Mm. I think it's the absolute best. You know, if you can take something that was so great at a point in time and improve on that and make that um, appeal to today's marketplace. And we did a lot of talking to younger people and older people and trying to bridge that gap, giving the colors that people that love the brand for so many years but then also listening to younger people who were more concerned with taking care of their skin. What are the ingredients? You know, is this healthy for me? You know, is it vegan? And we kind of mix those two together. Perfect balance. And that's how we came out with the line. I'm really curious about, because you mentioned this earlier, um, that like a big part of the sales for fashion fair was like the department store and the glamour of all of that, being able to touch and see mm-hmm. and feel the product. Um, how have you been approaching it now thinking about like e-commerce and how people can find their shade and like shop online? Mm-hmm. That is a great question. The first thing is, you know, we are at a select about 225 Sephora's. And so we're working hard. We still have more work to do to make certain that, Everyone is trained and really is experienced in how how these products work in store if you happen to go for a shade match in store. So that's one thing. The second thing is we are working to improve and enhance virtual try-on on our website so that you can get a virtual feel and sense of how these, these colors would work on your skin. We have models that are reflective of each each color. Because a lot of people say, well, I look kind of like her. So what is she wearing? So we have that. We also have a description of what the undertones are of each color. So you'll know it's medium with a neutral undertone, you know, and oh, there's so-and-so. Oh yeah, I look like that. I'm medium. And then we also have another way to look at it. Today I wear this. What would I be matched up with? And then we have Mm. a fourth way I used to wear this in fashion fair. So what is my color in the new fashion fair line? I have one kind of random question before we close out. Are you familiar with this new publication called Black Fashion Fair? Have you seen anything about this? I am. I am. I, we filmed um, one of our models with Quill Lemons. You know who he is, the photographer? I don't think so. Yeah, he did the Billie Eilish um, cover. Okay. Um, for one of those Is magazines. L, I think. I mean, one of them. Hair. Anyway, mm-hmm. he filmed some things for us and he mentioned it. And so I want to get in touch with that young man that's that's doing that because again, 
we can partner on some things, you know, so I haven't like studied it or whatever, but you know, maybe we could partner on some things together. Yeah. Seems like there'd be some cool alignment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Seems like there could be. <laughs> Chelsea, any, any last questions? No, I'm, I'm like trying to get some lipstick, so I will be doing that soon. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. You guys have got to try the products. I mean, they they really, I mean, you're not going to be, you're not going to be disappointed. I promise. I'm not going to, I don't know what you use now. Hopefully it's black owned companies, but I heard some names that weren't, but that's okay. (laughs) But, but, you know, I would suggest that there's so many black owned companies out there that you can do your full face face and hair with companies that are black owned and nails with mm-hmm. black owned uh, companies. And so I think that all of us have to be supportive as black women, as women of color. And we have to convince our other girlfriends that might not be women of color to also be supportive. That is how we're going to grow our businesses and get to a point where we have the kind of investment in our communities and wealth creation among our people that we need. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Well, have a great night. I really appreciate it. Happy shopping. Yes. (laughs) I can't wait. Let me know what shades you wind up with. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. All right. So dear BGT, I'm an avid listener and appreciative of the space you all create. I'm in a predicament with a friend of mine who can be very harsh in her delivery, and sometimes it truly feels mean. I know why she is the way she is, so I feel like I excuse her behavior, but I don't know how to tell her she has been a bit harsh without her going on the defense. Any advice have you ever dealt with a friend like this? Hmm. Me? I'm not yeah, I'm like, one. you are the one. You're, but I wouldn't say you're harsh. You're just <laughs> no. no, I'm direct. You're not harsh. I know, but, but some can people can't feel take harsh, maybe, but yeah, I sometimes feel like harsh feels harsh. It's like, uh, yeah, I like, wish I had an example. I know. It makes you think of that other, that former friend that we sometimes reference on the show who would just say, like, oh, she was mean. rude. She was just rude <laughs> like, and miserable. Yeah, I wonder, like, what kind of harshness we're talking. Is she like, your man's a bum. <laughs> or, or like, stop. Yeah. Like stop crying to me about this guy, either break up with him or right, seek right, therapy right. with him. I wonder what it is. Um, so back to shot and therapy. Woo-woo. My therapist said a lot of times we, um, create like emotional reasoning. And so you may think your friend is going to go on the defense or you may think that you addressing this with her is going to upset her, but that's like a narrative that you've created. And the only way to know is to actually act on it. So I guess if you know that maybe she's more, she might be more sensitive or you know why she's the way she is. Maybe like she grew up with a harsh parent, whatever, whatever the fuck you think the reasoning is that can't like stop you from saying what you have to say. So if you need to deliver it in a nice way to the best of your ability, then sure. But like, you still have to address it. Like, even if I wouldn't say do it in a joking manner, actually, I feel like that just doesn't help. But I think being like, Hey girl, like I feel like lately and maybe have some examples, like 
you know, the way you've said this to me made me feel this way. Also, yes, it's come from an I perspective. So not like you are harsh, you are mean, you are not mm. nice. But like the way you've said this has made me feel like this. And so that person can do with it what they want. Like if I'm your friend, I'm never going to want to say things to you that'll make the, make me hurt you. So maybe it doesn't come off as like, oh, I'm a mean bitch, but it comes off as like, oh, maybe I should rethink the way I say things. And maybe just even in relation to you, like maybe she talks to other friends like this and they don't have qualms with it. But a lot of, you know, friendship is kind of being mindful of the different dynamics you have with people. So. Come on, Shade. Very well said, Shade. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yo, two sessions in, $30 spent. Okay. Wow. I really got to you, you didn't send spent. us her information. Yeah. You did not, you did not send and it to I us. And I did not reach out to her ass yet. Y'all oh, wait, she sent it to us? my therapist. No, I sent it to Chelsea because she texted me and asked me for the information. <laughs> you still over here talking to Ashley. You never <laughs> were clear about I what you needed. I asked you on the show, literally. The listeners well, can attest. if you're serious, okay. it's called a private text. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I recently posted this. I'm just going to post. I'm just going to read it. People are so used to indirect, fluffy, coddling speech that being spoken to directly and neutrally like an adult feels like an assault. <laughs> Damn, does he? No, no, no. I'm like just saying adult. that. <clears throat> so, and and I've, I've experienced that. Like, I will, tr- I will, like, have the most neutral tone, say nothing, like, about how I'm feeling or nothing about, like, attacking, just, like, say, like, facts and like someone could like perceive that incorrectly. And I think that that's a problem in our current society, in my opinion. I think I should be able to just say something and it just be the thing. But I, I really want you to write back and like give examples because I don't know if it's that. Because on the flip side, she could also just be being an asshole and be being a bitch. But is, I'm just like not sure if it's that or if she's just like a direct person and you need like coddly soft talk. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which maybe she can adjust to you, but also I think part of being a grown up is like not everyone's gonna coddle you. But yeah. I, I I would like um I wish you can you write back and like give examples of what exactly she's doing or saying that's like mean. And you also said you understand the reason why she's like that. And I wish I had some color on what the reason is like. What was the reason? Yeah, I need more information on this one. It makes me think about this dude. There's this guy I watch on TikTok who like imitates different friends and he'll be like, the feeling when you're friends with the an empath in quotes, or you're friends with the he had he has one where the person is kind of like harsh and the person will come in your house and be like, It's a mess in here. This place is crazy. How do you live in this space like this? Mm, you look tore up, or like just things like that, like nitpicky, that's but in a yeah, that's way. not. So that's I don't mean. know if it's that's like not that. Correct. Yeah. 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 I need examples. Yeah. Well, let us know. Best of luck. Um, if this person is an asshole, they don't need to be your friend. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like nobody has time for that. So, you know, hopefully yeah. this is it, something you can grow with. Yeah. I would agree with that. If like you don't feel good being around this person, then why do you care? Just stop talking to them then. It ain't that mad. Cut that bitch up. Ooh. Oh, I used to love that. Same. <laughs> a camp. Um, all right. Well, that's another episode of Black Girls 
texting. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Texting. Follow us on YouTube at Black Girls Texting. Follow us on Twitter at Black Girls Text One. Go to our website, pop cops and merch at blackgirlstexting.com. Email us at hello at blackgirlstexting.com. And don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, share, share, share. Anything that we post on Instagram is so helpful when you share. We are an independently Black woman-funded podcast. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting, and we'll see you next week. Bye.